Lee, VandySports.com. Chris, how we doing? Things are well. I hope you are, too. Yeah, things are good, man. Things are, uh, as we've talked about this week, a little bit better than the basketball program. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse making some news nationally, and I kind of knew with those comments that that would probably get picked up, right? And uh, a lot of the national guys who cover college basketball putting stuff out there. So, one, let's just start with the significance of losing 101-44 to in conference. It was their worst loss in two decades. Actually, it wasn't the worst loss ever, 2003, believe it or not. Uh, they lost 106 to 44. What did you make of uh, Tuesday night's game in Tuscaloosa? Well, look, Alabama's really good. But when you lose 57 points in conference, it's about something else. Um, if you didn't watch it, then I, I think there's one stat I could sum up effort in, and it's that Alabama was 17 of 20. That's 85% on two pointers, which if you did watch it, you know those a lot were uncontested dunks. Um, that looked to me like a, a coach who wasn't putting forth his best effort. Uh, you didn't see much coaching. You didn't see timeouts. It looked like a team that wasn't putting in its best effort. And when you do down on the road against a team that's ranked number four in the country and angry uh, based on getting blown out by a team that it shouldn't have been blown out by, then I guess one win 44 is what you get. Yeah. Do we know what exactly happened with uh, – you know, obviously they just come off a tough loss – to A&M, but, you know, in the story, I've been trying to read the, the what was being said. Jerry Stackhouse alluded to, you know, was asked about Tyron Lawrence not playing and alluded to, I guess, his demeanor coming in, uh, I guess, smiling after the loss to A&M. I, I don't know the details on all of that. What, what, can, what light can you shed on that particular subject? My understanding of what happened is, I guess, I don't know if it was the first practice after or one of the practices after the A&M loss that Jerry Stackhouse did not feel he was taking losing seriously enough. um, So that didn't sit well, and that went into his being benched. Do you think that's maybe just the makeup of this team that maybe, and I don't know, I'm just asking, that this, what has Coach Stackhouse, you know, obviously enraged, not happy with this team. Yeah, you lose by 57, but they didn't particularly play hard. Yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw. But, you know, maybe it's just this attitude, the laissez-faire, you know, I just kind of – maybe that's – he doesn't see maybe that dog in him. I mean, I'm just – I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I'm just trying to ask you, like, is it something maybe the temperament of this team – that has him maybe a little frustrated at this point? I, I don't know what's fair and what's not um, with that. I wasn't there. I, w- I will tell you this. Um, I think there's been plenty of anecdotal evidence that um, I, I think the coach's work ethic at times can be questioned. Um, I, I've heard enough to, to know I think that's fair. Um you know, the, the saying is that teams a lot of times reflect the personality of their coach. I think sometimes that's true. And um, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I wonder, um, before you go casting stones, 
um, you know, that you might ought to look in the mirror, one, and number two, uh, you, you might also not use phrases like plan losses um, in your comments after getting beat by 57. So that, that that's just me. Maybe that's harsh, but um, before you're going to go throw stones, you might check your house first. Can you take that a little bit further, Chris? Because I am curious. I, I think Jerry Stackhouse can coach, but I've said on this show I've been perplexed on why it hasn't looked any better. I mean, what is his conference record is like 16 and 45 and why it hasn't looked at, is it the recruiting trail? Is it the wrong players being recruited or uh, you know, what is, because I think he can coach. I do. I think there, I think at times, you know, I know we're coming off the hills of this game on Tuesday at times a lot since he's been here, they play really hard. So what is the missing ingredient in your opinion? Yeah, I, I think the concerns, and these have been concerns since literally the week he got the job, that he is not the time. How do I say this? Not not put in the time necessary to the job that you need to put in if you're Division One coach. I think that has particularly been true in recruiting and evaluation. Uh, that has been the concern since he got here. I think you were seeing that play out in a lack of talent. Uh, I think sometimes you were seeing that play out in a lack of fit, even some of the more highly regarded recruits he's gotten. Um, I've heard from the beginning that there was a question about fits with with Player X and, and his personality, and I've heard that on multiple occasions. Um, I think if you're a coach and you're doing your diligence, a lot of times those things resolve in the recruiting process because you figure out who fits and who doesn't. I just think a lot of it has been a question of, of putting in the time that it takes. And, look, when you are an SEC basketball coach, it takes a lot of effort. I'm not sure how much spare time some of these guys have, and I, I don't necessarily endorse that in a lot of ways, but it's the reality when you're getting paid $3.5 million to coach a basketball team and you're not doing your diligence in recruiting and on the players you're bringing in. Um, and when you're 16 and 54, almost four four years after that, um, to, to me, you lose a lot of the benefit of the doubt when a lot of the things that went wrong were very predictable. I, I'm a little confused on the recruiting part when you when you alluded to that. I mean, it was well documented when he came in. Different AD. It was Malcolm Turner. But it was well documented that Jerry Stackhouse had this crazy big staff, <laughs> right? I mean, he yeah. had a monster staff. So they ha- they're getting paid. So why wasn't you know the recruiting? What? Why would you have issues with that if you've got this big staff? I mean, where a lot of their jobs are to focus in on the recruiting part of things. Well. First of all, he, he trusts a lot of his guys to do that. You look at the first staff he signed, um, David Grace, who was done some pretty good things in recruiting, but I think had also been fired the last five or six stops that he'd been at, which should have been probably a red flag. Um, the other two guys on his first staff, one was a high school coach who'd never recruited in his life, the other was a guy that he knew from the G League who'd never recruited in his life. And you look at the players that they signed the first couple of years, there's not much left there. And, I mean, 
the, the best player that he has signed out of high school in four years is probably Jordan Wright. Fine. But he's not starting on an upper division or upper level SEC team. Um, the best players he's had, Scottie Pippen, he inherited. Uh, Liam Robbins, his uncle got him. Conroy, who is now at the Citadel as a head coach. I just think that you look at the guys he has evaluated, brought in. He's had a bunch of transfers who've missed, who aren't here anymore. His track record for finding and developing players isn't very good. When, when four years in, Jordan Wright is the best high school recruit he's probably signed, and they signed Jordan Wright uh, in May, which is not you're usually if you're signed in May, you're, you're one of two things: you're either a project or you're a McDonald's All-American level kid, and Wright was considered more the latter. I, I just, I don't know. It, to me, it, it's not hard. Um, you can see this coming from year one, and you're getting the results of it now. Okay. What you're saying is is heavy for me. I have not, I've not heard this, this level of criticism towards uh, Coach Stackhouse before. So if this is the case, then why is the administration sticking by him so far? I think they're paying him and his staff a lot of money. I think they want it to work. I think he and the AD get along. I, I think you've seen some flashes of things. And I'll give him credit. Last year, um, they got to the NIT. They got to the NIT even though he had two key players hurt part of the time, in Robbins and in Rodney Chapman. And you can go back and say, well, maybe if they get those guys healthy the whole year, Different. Now, look, a lot of other teams in the country have injuries, too. And with Robbins, that was also probably part of the ref because he'd had some trouble staying healthy. So it's not entirely unforeseen. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a question a lot of fans are asking because I think a lot of fans see it. Um, and it feels like it's obviously a time-to-move-on situation to much of the fan base. Um, and I'm just not sure – department feels the same way i guess we'll see well from the comments made today in in the tennessean it would seem that they that they don't currently but again we're in the middle of the season right now um i know coach stackhouse has mentioned that uh his goal for this team for this year is to come away with a winning record do you see that as being possible for this basketball team it doesn't seem like it they are two and eleven against Ken Palm top 100 teams. That is mostly what they're going to play, be playing from here on out. Um, you, you just had the 57-point the blowout. You just had him bench one of his better players in that game. You got Jordan Wright, who's probably not going to play tomorrow, and I don't know how many games he's going to be out. Look, Jerry Stackhouse, I'll give him credit. They have been close in a lot of games. They pulled some upsets here and there. Uh, they did it against Arkansas a couple of weeks ago in one of the better performances they had. Two weeks ago, they went to Georgia and won a game in a place um, at a time when Georgia had been playing well. And it's kind of fallen apart for Georgia since, but at the time, that was a team that was playing well. That was a road win. Um, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but the body of work suggests it's not. And the schedule ahead with Tennessee coming here, uh, with another game against Kentucky, and some other games against teams. Uh, that are going to be fighting for an NCAA tournament bid, including two against Florida, which beat Tennessee. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem to be in line with what they've done so far. 
I've read a, uh, a stat that Coach Stackhouse is 16-45 and 45 in SEC play. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I believe um, – Five or fifty-four. Okay. Well, I'm, I think it's I think it's sixteen and forty-five. Sixteen and forty. Listen, I think e- either way that isn't good. Um, can you just talk about the lack of being competitive inside the conference and what that does long term? I guess to the to the team that's there. I mean, I would imagine that this team doesn't feel very confident uh, when taking on this part of their schedule. It do, it wouldn't seem like their history would suggest that they are going to be very successful going down the stretch here. Yeah, um, I, I could argue that both ways. I mean, it, I, I think tomorrow's going to tell us a lot because if they come out tomorrow and they dog it, um, look, Ole Miss is not a good team. Ole Miss is going to be playing with Matt, without maybe without Matt Morell, who's their best player. It's going to be playing out with their second-leading score. He's already done for the year. So this is a bad team they're catching, possibly without its top two players. If they don't win that one at home – I don't think that bodes well for the future. Having said that, Jerry Stackhouse's teams have been pretty resilient. The one thing that they've done down the stretch of seasons is they played well. Uh, they've won some games where it didn't seem they had a lot to play for. I think if the team rallies behind him, uh, they are capable of giving good effort and pulling some upsets, especially with Liam Robbins out. Uh, but if that's a team that showed up in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday night, they've got no chance. Um, I'm curious, sir, and forgive me in advance, but how long have you been covering Vanderbilt Athletics? 20 years. 20 years. You have seen quite a bit then. You have uh, you know all about uh, the days in which this team was better than this, uh, the Coach Stalling days and, and all the way back uh, to, to before that. Can you just talk about how far this team has come? And when I say far, it has in – regressed i suppose what is it going to take to get the magic back over there memorial and is that still a possibility not under this coaching staff sir i'm just saying moving into the future where the fan base is still here still willing to go to memorial still willing to fight the parking still willing to make the walk still willing to do the things that we have seen them do uh, over there at memorial gym and making that a special program and a special place Man, that's a great question uh, because I've, I've been in that gym where it's literally the loudest building I've ever been in in my life. Yes, sir. I've seen them do crazy things. I've seen them beat number one teams. Um, I've seen them go to Sweet Sixteens and, and do some some pretty cool stuff. Um, I believe I think it's a tougher job than it was when Jerry Stackhouse took it. You've got NIL, you've got the portal stuff. Um, they're not going to the the pay-per-play stuff with with recruits um the athletic department has made that pretty obvious uh and there's some good things to that there's some bad things to that transfers are never going to be easy to get into for a lot of reasons um at the same time it's a place that's always had difficulties uh for for those reasons uh pay-for-play maybe by another name when it was not legal um, transfers have never been easy to get into or into school, but you've seen coaches that made it work. You, you've seen Kevin Stallings made it work for a, a good decade, right in the middle of his career. Yes, um, it is a fan base that, when things are going well, shows up and it's loud, and they got a pronounced home court advantage. 
you've got a lot of things going for you. You've got um, the prestige of having a Vanderbilt degree. You've got a great city. You've got a high-profile league. There's a lot of reasons you can win in spite of that. So I don't know. I, I do know this. Um, next guy who comes in here, if there is a next guy soon, it's going to have to be somebody that will – Get out and, and rally the fan base, do public appearances, do media stuff, um, excite the fans, mingle with the fans. Those are a lot of things that he basically didn't do. And it's going to need to be also a, a guy who's really going to get after it recruiting um, and leave no stones unturned, do his diligence on recruits. Again, that's just something that uh, there's, there's too many stories out there where they didn't do that and it's costing now. I think you get those things. And a guy who's had, you know, a little bit of a history of winning somewhere, you, you've got a shot. Now, having said that, <laughs> Bryce Drew was the guy that, that had won at, you know, at a previous stop, albeit a lower level, didn't recruit well. It fell apart. So it may not work even if you check a lot of the right boxes. But um, there's some very obvious places they can go for coaches who I think will approach the job in a much different way than, than Jerry's done if they decide to do that. And, and I think the fan base will certainly uh, – it, it's certainly starving to latch on to hope somewhere. Uh, and I think given the right guy, you, you could find some buy-in again. Chris, appreciate the visit. Have Thank a great you, weekend. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. Chris Lee, VandySports.com, 615 844 